the sounds of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling for you here on a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, a special edition. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Yes, you can hear the sound of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in the background, and it's really appropriate today because we discussed the life and times of the late Don Kernodal. Don Kernodal wrestled in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, and also for the NWA, we'll talk about Don Kernodal and his life in wrestling in just a moment. I want to talk a little bit about wrestling in general. When it comes to being a wrestling fan for me, I've always been curious about wrestling in the past and trying to figure out how wrestling connects from the past to the present. Here we are in 2021 and you see major television deals for wrestling in AEW as well as the WWE. But I've always been fascinated on how we got here. And I don't consider myself a wrestling historian, but I just look at wrestling in the past and say, boy, just look at how promoters had to be able to really focus on arena cards and how television was so important to get people in the arena to see major events, even before pay-per-view, before apps. And I think that that's really interesting. And so Don Kernodal was part of that era. He died at the age of 71. He went to the doctor, had some news from the doctor regarding his health, and he uh, committed suicide by gunshot after visiting the doctor. That's a story that we get uh, from Don Kernodal. And it's just a, a sad story. I don't know what the doctor told him, but Don Kernodal decided to take his life. And so when I saw that story, I started thinking about Kernodal. And from someone that grew up in Chicago, Obviously, we did not get Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling uh, on satellite or anything like that. It wasn't even available during that time, part of the NWA in the Carolinas. But Don Kernodal is interesting as a wrestler because here's someone here that was a two-time national arm wrestling champion. Uh, Went to Elon College, started wrestling in 1973, the National Wrestling Alliance, from Jim Crockett Promotions. And so the story goes is that Don Kernodal wanted to be able to be a wrestler. He wanted to be a pro wrestler, and he got a shoot wrestling challenge from Bob Roop. Bob Roop is from southern Illinois and was an Olympian, and before Kurt Angle, it was Bob Roop. And Bob Roop was always in a position where he wanted to test those that want to come into the business. And so he put him into the shoot wrestling challenges. And for whatever reason, uh, Don Kernugle, he he hung in there with Bob Roop for about 10 minutes. Now, Kernugle did not win the match. And when I say shoot, I'm talking about really trying to either hurt your opponent or trying to pin your opponent, not in a professional wrestling way, but in a shoot way. And it impressed Ole Anderson and Gene Anderson, who were watching uh, Kernodal, that he hung in there with Bob Roop, a real shooter, a guy that could hurt you for real. Uh, there's many stories about Bob Roop you can look up yourself, but Bob Roop was someone that you don't you don't mess with. Uh, that is for sure. So after Ole and Gene Anderson saw this matchup between Kernodal and Bob Roop, they decided to train Kernodal for free, and so he was always in the you know kind of. Um, enhancement talent that worked his way up to the middle of the card. As a matter of fact, I saw some video of him actually working for Vince uh, in the WWE in 1982, where he was the NWA Canadian champion um, because of the connection that the WWE had with Maple Leaf Gardens wrestling uh, in Toronto. But the point is, though, is that 
you know, Bob, you take a look at, at Don Cardillo's career. And what stands out to me the most is that he was a terrific tag team wrestler. And tag teams today in 2021 don't matter enough, I believe. I look at wrestling in this way. When I watch wrestling, I want to see something I've never seen before. And not by botches. I'm talking about I want to be able to see something uh, in a positive way or something that's a throwback that's part of today's wrestling for new wrestling fans to say, okay, I've never seen that before. And one of the things that needs to really be enhanced more is tag team wrestling. Um, there are many wrestling fans of this era, of this generation, that don't think that tag team wrestling matters because the WWE didn't think tag team wrestling mattered. If you even go back a little bit further, if you were in the Monday Night Wars, Eric Bischoff did not think that tag team wrestling really mattered. It was all singles events, and if there was a tag team match, it was always you know, two guys that are not used to teaming with one another and kind of awkward, and they kind of put together something for a storyline. Tag team wrestling to me still matters. And so what I'm going to present to you is arguably the best tag team match in the mid-Atlantic area uh, and probably in the country at that time in the early 80s. So Don Cronodal teamed with Sergeant Slaughter. And Sergeant Slaughter had this kind of group, this faction uh, called the Cobra Corps in mid-Atlantic. The Cobra Corps. So one of the people in the Cobra Corp was Jim Nelson, as many know as Boris Zukov, who turned into a Russian. He shaved his head, and so he became a Russian. But he was back then Private Jim Nelson. And Don Cornudo was also part of this as well, as he was a guy that uh, decided to join uh, Sergeant Slaughter for this group as well. I will tell you, if you look it up yourself, you will see outstanding tag team matches with Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal against Ricky Steamboat and the late Jay Youngblood. Now, the reason why this is not just, you know, just an A-tag team match that's in the middle of the card or starts the... Now, this was on top. The main event when it comes to uh, professional wrestling. And this is something where we see a women's movement, we see a movement for diversity in pro wrestling, but where's the movement for tag team wrestling? But, you know, besides FTR, where is the movement for tag team wrestling, Young Bucks and FTR? That's great. But what about having a tag team match on top, the main event for a pay-per-view, a main event on a regular basis, semi-regular basis? You don't get that today. But back then, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, who arguably one of the hot tag teams of its day, taking on Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. David Crockett is on the call here, and this was not just a wrestling match. It was a blood feud for sure. They didn't like each other. In the slightest bit, when you think about how great this tag team was, it was very difficult when you think about it to go through Mayhem in the ring right here as all four men pounded each other 
two referee ones already down. They the hit. bell has been they've, rung. They've rung the bell. They're still going. The referee both on Slaughter's head. Another jump. Looks like all of them are lacerated. No way to stop it. The master bell has been rung. Steamboat over the top rope to the concrete floor. Out goes the referee. Oh, law and order. John Something has to be done. Something has to be done about this. All four men, they show no respect. The law and order, it has to be taken. We have to take place. Something has to be done about it. Look at this. Both off. Both Canula and are down. They're wailing away at their foreheads. Here's the referee trying to do something. There's another referee trying to stop it. They're not going to stop. The bell is long this ring. And they still continue at Look at Canoodle. He's on Jay Youngblood. Slaughter's head is cut. They went outside the ring. Inside out the... Now we had to call the wrestlers in, guys. So just absolute chaos at the Omni in Atlanta for uh, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling to see Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood just fighting one another, Sergeant Slaughter and Don Kernodal. Now, Kernodal's career, just a, a brief thought about uh, his career. As I mentioned, he was at the, part of the Cobra Corps in Mid-Atlantic, went to the WWE for a little bit, and it was the NWA Canadian champion. And he also was a Russian sympathizer. This is an angle that we saw a number of times in the 80s. This is all around the eight, 1980 Olympics where the Russians were the bad guys and America didn't like Russia. And so they, a lot of territories across the country did this whole thing where the Russian was the enemy. So if there's run, Russian empathizers, uh, th- you know, if that was an angle that they could pull, that was a hated heel. For sure, because if someone turns their back on America, uh, fans were not about it. They didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like that at all. So this happened in a number of places. I mentioned Boris Zukov was one of those guys that was an American and decided that he wanted to be with the Russians. And uh, the same thing with Don Kernodal. He wanted to be a guy that he decided, hey, I'm going to side with the Russians. And so a lot of the things I saw from Kernodal was someone who decided that he wanted to be part of the Russians uh, and in that faction. So let me just give you a, a couple of promos from Don Kernodal over the years. Let me take you back, for instance, to 1984. Uh, Don Kernodal, who sometimes was a babyface, but was even a better heel. Here's a, an interview that he did with Bob Caudill uh, back in 1984. The world champions. Let's get them over here because fans, we want you to meet them and we want you to see them right here. Bob Orton and Don Canova. First of all, I think you should congratulate us on our fine victory. And second of all, Donald hasn't said much to people around here for a while. He's been absent. Let's hand the mic to Don. All He'll right. always can understand uh, that. Exactly okay, Don. Right. All you people know on March the 12th, 1983, a valuable part of me was stolen. I'm talking about the world tag team belts by Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. What I can't understand, I was out of the area for six months. I come back in the area. What do I find? Ricky Steamboat retired. And Jay Youngblood walking around on crutches like he's got a broken foot. Well, I got the answer to all of that. Steamboat's scared. 
and so is Youngblood. Luckily enough, I went out and found the greatest tag team partner in the world in Bob Orr Jr. He helped bring the world tag team belts back to me, the rightful owner. Right, Bob? Thank you very much, Don. You know what Donald just said is true. Steamboat did retire, not because he wants to go to work on his gym, because he's scared to death, because we were next in line, Daddy. Steamboat knows it, Youngblood knows it, and Daddy, you know we're ready because we beat the toughest teams in the world. Some teams people thought could not be beat, we emerged victorious, had our hands raised in the Charlotte Coliseum in a big tag team tournament. We are the world champions, and we will be for quite some time now. Just listen to the voice of a man who knows what's going on around here daddy we are the top of the line we are the top daddy with gary hart helping a little bit who knows how far we can exactly go right. and i want to say one more thing flair this is directed at you because i don't like you i'm after your belt too all right so the thoughts there from bob orton i don't know if you heard that at the beginning he, he said you'd speak to hillbilly these people as if saying that Carnolica is the one that can be able to speak to uh, the people of the South uh, during that time. But yeah, I mean, so you could just give you an idea of how Carnoda was a pretty good promo. As again, someone that was in the middle of the card that was elevated uh, because he was trained by the Andersons. And as I mentioned, some really, really hot feuds uh, with Ricky Steamboat as well as, um, as Jay Youngblood. You know, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer just recently said that he believes that uh, Steamboat and Youngblood uh, were the top tag team, even more popular than the Rock and Roll Express during that time. I may question that. I mean, he's the historian. I'm not. But I find that interesting as well. Uh, let me take you back to 82. Mention the combination of Slaughter and Kernodal. Uh Again, wherever those two went, they were wreaking havoc in his state when they took on the baby faces fans did not like it there was always controversy with Kernodal and slaughter as a tag team Sarge came off the top of that right, clothesline on youngblood's neck and you can see that he's got the cobra hold on him right then and there and he's trying to hurt his neck even more Kernodal gets rid of the referee now right here is where the damage is being done as you can see slaughter's got the cobra on jason's neck which is already hurt Kernodal is grabbing him by the legs there now, they're censoring this part right here now because of the fact that what they had done to Jay Youngbud is not to be shown. But what I can say is that here it is after the match is over. I couldn't believe it. Youngbud's neck muscles have been ripped out. We don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. But from the last time I talked to him, maybe four weeks, maybe mm. five weeks, at least they know it's over a month. Right now, I'm very concerned. I'm trying to get him in the back. I want him to be looked after. He's unconscious right near now. I don't know if anybody that was there that particular night could have seen Youngblood's face, but he was foaming through the mouth. He was even bleeding through the mouth, and I'm just trying to get him back into the locker room. And what I did is I took him straight back to the locker room, and then I took him straight to an emergency clinic. And the next day he flew down to Texas to have his neck looked at at a specialist down there in Texas. Now, like I said, nobody knows exactly how long it's going to take. I don't know. Youngblood doesn't know. If you were in a car accident with a neck problem, I guess a doctor would say that you're, you're looking okay. But in professional wrestling with a neck problem, you're not really right. sure how long it's going to take. But Youngblood has told me this, that if he's able to come back and wrestle, we're going to tag out once more. We're going to sign those contracts. We're going after those belts. Youngblood told me he's at least going to go down fighting. All right, fans, that's the story right here. from. 
So <laughs> good stuff there as Ricky Steamboat was there to kind of narrate the video that was there. Uh, I mentioned the Russian sympathizer, uh, Don Kernodal. As someone that used to have the T-shirt on, it says Pride of the Carolinas. I think that might be available at a T-shirt, wrestling T-shirt shop. I'm going to look for that. Uh, Pride for the Carolinas, right? That's who Don Kernodal was. And he teamed with the Russians. There's no bigger heat than to align yourself with the Russians when you're an American. Uh, so some thoughts here from Don Kernodal as, uh, as he's there with Bob Cottle next to Ivan and Nikita Koloff. All right, let's listen to this. Fans with us here, the World Tag Team Champions, and Nikita Koloff. That's all that needs to be them. said, Bob Collins. You know, you've been hosting this show many, many years, but I really don't think you're good enough to be out here with Koloff and Kernodal, the World Tag Team Champions and the World Six Man Tag Team Champions. You know, we've met and defeated all the great teams around, and now we have young Nikita with us. I'm his nephew, and like I said, we are the new NWA World Six Man Tag Team Champions. Tell him about it, Ivan. You know, America is trying to prove its importance in the world by actually competing in the Olympics, winning gold medal. Well, Nikita, myself, feel the same way about Mother Russia. We want to show importance of Mother Russia by being World Tag Team Champion, along with Pride. If it wasn't for Pride helping get Nikita in this country, helping train him, he would not be World Champion today. So together... You know, Nikita, he has never been knocked off his feet. He has won all his matches. He has made entitled defense. He has made his opponent submit. Like I said, if it wasn't for the, the pride, his coach, training him all this way, he would not be going back to winner. Nikita, English. <laughs> World champion, six-man, uh, uh, gold medal winners. Uh, coach, coach. Hey, Ivan. <laughs> Don Knoedl, he was awesome in the ring. You've got to say that. Well, now they're putting some kind of a medal, a medal right around. You know, I'd like to say one thing. I'd like to thank young Nikita, and I'd like to say, if there's any American out there that'd like to try me, the pride of America, on, I'd like to give him a golden invitation to come in. Any American out there. See you next week, fans. Until then. (laughs) Bob Cottle had enough. He cut him off. He said, that's enough of that pride of the Carolina stuff. Well, that's exactly who um, Don Canerlo was, and I went to Mid-Atlantic Gateway as well. We were saddened to hear the news of Don Canerlo's passing. He was a true legend in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and the years he put in before getting that big break with Sarge demonstrated his dedication and love for the business. He earned every bit of it. Rest in peace, uh, Don Canerlo. So just want to be able to just give you a little bit of an insight of, you know, how interesting wrestling was during that time, early 80s. And where it was always important to try to put butts in seats um, based on the arenas because it wasn't about streaming, it wasn't about pay-per-view during that time. Don Carnotto was part of that. And my hope is, is that some wrestling company looks at their talent and says, we can be a tag team territory or feature tag team wrestling a lot more. I will tell you, again, go back and watch Sergeant Slaughter and Don Carnotto as a tag team taking on Jay Youngblood and Ricky Steamboat. It's one of the greatest tag team matches in the history of the business. Now, I understand that it's just, it is just a regional and it was just in Mid-Atlantic, but the stories that you hear about how there were 
five or 6,000 people that were turned away at the box office. They were trying to get tickets the day of, and there was a traffic jam in which even wrestlers, Ricky Steamboat tells the story. He's like, I'm trying to get to the arena. He thought it was a basketball game. He thought maybe Duke or um, North Carolina was playing and there was a traffic jam. He's in there with the fans trying to get to the arena because people are there four and five hours ahead of time trying to be jam themselves in a building to be able to see that matchup with Steamboat and Jay Youngblood and Sergeant Slaughter and Don Carnotal. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're getting that today because of advanced tickets and the way the tickets are now, but that's just amazing that you're turning people away, thousands of people trying to get in, trying to get to the arena, get to the box office. And it's like, nope, there's no more tickets available. Uh, that was a mess <laughs> at that time. Uh, but Don Carnotal is part of that Mid-Atlantic history, and I want to salute him today uh, because he was not Ric Flair. He was not part of the Horsemen as far as Arn and, and uh, Ole Anderson and uh, Lex Luger, Barry Windham. Uh, he wasn't necessarily at the top of the card like Magnum T.A. during that time, but he was a guy that found his niche as a tag team wrestler, also as I mentioned, there's I saw footage of him uh, with Maple Leaf Wrestling with Billy Red Lions in that era uh, in the early '80s as as a American, but yet he was a Canadian TV champion as a heel. Saw some matches with him and Johnny Weaver online, so check it out. Uh, so much respect to Don Carnotal today on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. <laughs> 